Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Hidden Gems podcast. And this is the show where we like to take on a streaming service and show you some hidden gems that you can watch on that service. And I am film critic Rachel Wagner and Ryan is here. Hey, Rachel, it's great to be back with you as always. I hope you had a very nice Thanksgiving. I had a fantastic for Thanksgiving. Oh, good. I'm so glad you did a 5K, right? I did. Yeah, I was some friends of mine and I, I, I beat my time from the last one. It was 31 minutes and I cut it all the way down to 28. And I, nice. I placed eighth, eight, I placed eighth in my overall age group. So it was 18 to 29. So I was, uh, I was eighth and my good mm-hmm. friend, shout out to Rick Juan. I don't know if he's going to listen to this or not, but he finished right behind me in ninth. Nice. And that's a big difference. Three minutes. That's a, that's a big improvement. So that's great. At first, uh, at, at first, when I was starting to do these 5Ks, I was I would talk to people about it. And there was this woman, her name is Jen. She's kind of a sort of coach of mine, but she's like, seconds and minutes make all the difference. I mean, seconds determine who wins a gold and a silver medal. So even if you cut it down by a few seconds, you should be proud of yourself. And so it, it's hard because, you know, you always want to improve. You always want to do better. And whenever I don't, it just sticks in my craw but thankfully uh this run turned out to be one of my better ones that i've done in a while that's great i'm so glad that sounds sounds like a lot of fun we i've done the turkey trot a couple of times here i didn't do it this year because i just wanted to spend more time with the family because uh, i knew i would have limited time uh, with everybody but uh but uh they're a lot of fun yeah, and shout out to that particular run that I did. It was so smooth, the process. I ordered mm-hmm. online. You got there. You got your number. They they had it all very, very well set up. And you just, that's part of it that I just love. And I've been grateful to have been a part of most of the 5Ks that I've been in. They've been very, very well run and very smooth. You, mm-hmm. you show up, you get your number. You get on the starting line. They they got people with water at certain places, which that I never think I need. But about a mile and a half to two miles. Oh yeah, that's like that's like getting a literal canteen of water in an oh in the in a desert. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so, did you go to any movies over the holiday weekend? I did. I saw Glass Onion, and uh, I. <laughs> I thought it was just okay, which mm-hmm. is just about on par with my thoughts on the first one. I, I thought my biggest thing was that I thought it was too cute. I-, I thought Ryan Johnson was trying to be all quirky and whimsical when I was just sitting there just like, just please tell a good mystery. That's all I really yeah. need right now. <laughs> like the part with Jared Leto selling kombucha, I didn't need that. <laughs> And Jeremy right. Renner selling hot sauce, apparently. I didn't need that. And Ethan <sighs> Hawke showing up in one scene and never returning. Like, yeah. I did not need that at all. <laughs> I just thought it was so boring. I was just like, every scene was a scene of exposition. Yeah. And like, they would leave one scene of characters explaining, uh, usually Blanc or or one of the other characters, and, and, and the, to another scene of more explaining. I just thought it was... I did not like it at all. And I know I'm in the mind, vast minority on that one, but, but uh, I'm glad you at least uh, got more out of it than I did. 
You know, I think it's weird that it looks like this is going to be Angela Lansbury's last performance because she made a brief cameo. She was playing yeah. Among Us with Benoit Blanc and also Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which I did not have that on my 2022 bingo card, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, good. Uh, so why don't you tell everybody what we are focusing on today for Hindubs? Well, we're talking about Tubi and talking talk about a service that they've really pushed and like really added some juicy stuff to there. Because uh-huh. honestly, making my list this time around is probably easier than than I've done for any Tubi episode. Because I remember our first one was like, I don't know if maybe we should go back to that one or not. But then is like the first, next couple times would be like, all right, now now we got some stuff on here. Yeah, really. The first time we did Tubi, it was a struggle. Like we were like pulling random documentaries and like, I mean, it was just hard to find anything to talk about. Like, why did we do this? But I think I don't know how many times we've done Tubi. Not that many times, but it's gotten progressively easier every time. And uh, and this time, yeah, I agree. I had a lot that I could have picked. A lot. One of the frustrating things that I noticed is that there were several things I wanted to add, but they had a little thing in the upper corner that said 4D or 5D, which basically meant it was leaving the service in four or five days, which I wanted to add to it, but I didn't want to add to my list, recommend it, and then false advertising. Should somebody want to go watch that? It's not there anymore. I didn't notice that uh, on mine. So some of my might be gone by the time you get this. Sorry about that. <laughs> People listening, but uh, it's still a good recommendation. And Tubi is free. And I, I don't know if you agree, but I feel like if you decided to not pay for any services and just had Tubi, Canopy and Hoopla, you would have a ton of entertainment at your disposal, just free. Absolutely. And honestly, uh, in my preparation for my Christmania series, my Christmas series for this year, I've been doing a lot of physical media and maybe it's because I'm working in my library now. So it's a whole lot easier to order stuff and then check it out myself. But really the only streaming movie I've I've been able, the only streaming thing I've used for it is 8-Bit Christmas, which is an HBO Max exclusive and there is no physical media of it right. that I have seen. Oh, I hope you enjoyed that. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I've heard nothing uh, but good things, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good. Are you doing a uh how many reviews are you doing for uh 25 December 1 to December yeah, every day, huh? <laughs> that's that's amazing. Uh y'all should definitely check that out. Uh and they do have a lot of Christmas at Tubi. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Really Just a bit of a peek behind my curtain today i just ended up watching me me in st louis for the first time oh, and it was one. it was good you know i i i don't think i like i loved it as much as everyone else loves it but it looks insanely good for mm-hmm. for the time period judy garland is of course great that uh, i had no i i had heard rumors that have yourself a merry little christmas came from this one and mm-hmm. when i heard it i was like Oh, that's yeah. where that song came from. And of course, yeah. and she sings it beautifully. That little girl, Tootsie, or, or oh, she is so just, good. She is crazy. She's like, she gets into so much trouble. 
in that. Yeah, it's such a, a really great perform performance from Margaret O'Brien as Tootie. She is just when she destroys those uh those snowmen, it's just like devastating. <laughs> yeah, that 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 broke my heart. I was yeah, I was like looking on my iPad and I was taking notes, and next thing I know, I look up, I'm like Oh, don't destroy the the snowmen! You worked so hard on. Uh, yeah, and I just love all the songs. They're so good. Clang, yeah. clang, clang with the trolley. <laughs> <laughs> wow, very good. That will be something to look forward to. Well, why don't you tell us what your first pick is? So for my first choice. So for my first choice, it's going to start off on a bit of a darker note, but considering the fact that this guy is currently, th this director currently has the number one movie in the world right now, I thought it was definitely relevant to bring it up. It's Ryan Coogler's Fruitvale Station. Uh, I should get out in front of it and say that this is a very difficult movie to watch because it all revolves around... The, uh, the tragic death of Oscar Grant III, a man who on New Year's Day 2013, January 1st, 2013, he was on his way home from a party and was shot to death by the police. So, I mean, that's a lot to unpack there. But it's a movie that I recommend everyone see at least once, as difficult to watch as it is. It stars Michael B. Jordan, which is the first time that Coogler and Michael B. Jordan would link up, to my knowledge. And and my I remember my dad and I were on vacation in Tampa Bay, and uh, and we were like, we let's go see a movie. Well, what's out? And we ended up sitting e either between Fruitvale Station, which we had no idea what it was about, and Blue Jasmine, the Woody Allen movie starring <laughs> Kate Blanchett. We decided that to go with my we decided to go with Fruitvale Station, and it was a. Definitely not a movie you would recommend to watch on a vacation, but it it's it is still very well made. It, Michael B. Jordan is predictably great here, and you really get the sense that the story being told is done so it, it's kind of efficient in that it's less than ninety minutes long. It's an hour and twenty four minutes, and yet you understand everything you know about Oscar Grant the Third. You know about his struggles, his challenges. He's trying to be a dad. He's trying to help. His girlfriend, he's trying to please his mom, played by Octavia Spencer. He just got out of prison a while back, so he's trying to walk down the road to redemption. And had the whole police thing not happened, he it is heavily implied that he would have made it. He's got several opportunities lined up, which makes it even more tragic. So it's, like I said, it's not a fun watch due to the subject material, but it is one that I do recommend just if if for yeah. nothing else to see the like inception of ryan coogler's directing career like before he was famous because this movie came out in 2012 and in 2015 he directed creed and it was off to the races from there yeah it's a really good film it's actually the only one of the films that you picked that i've seen uh, and uh, this one is you know, moving and a great performance from uh, michael jordan and uh Octavia Spencer, right? Uh, or no, sorry. Um, oh yeah, Octavia Spencer. She's in it. <laughs> I thought yeah, so. Yeah, there's a yes. there's a scene when they're in when he's in prison and it's it, it gets very difficult. It's a difficult conversation, but it starts out when when she talks about how he takes her daughter his daughter to see Wally, and there's a comment about I believe it's called black butter. 
which I was at, at the time I was like, is that a thing? And I, and I suppose that was something that was meant to be more darker than it was implying, or it was definitely as dark as it was implying. But I just mm-hmm. remember that. I remember that scene like it was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a really, really good movie. It is sad, but, but, but worth it, I think to see it. Yeah, and like I said, it's one that I I recommend that everyone see at least once. It's short in in this time of, you know, very recent events. It, it is yeah. definitely a very sobering film. It's kind of it's kind of like it's kind of like watching a, a it, it's based on a true story unfortunately. So it's what like watching a slow motion car crash. You yeah. know it's you know what's going to happen. You can't stop it, but you just can't look away and i mean that in the best way possible yeah well my pick we're talking a hard left as you like to say (laughs) we're talking about it a little obscure animated film that i think someday probably stanford and i will do for obscure animation uh, from last year it's called even mice belong in heaven and it is so cute this is a a film from uh, czech republic (coughs) and randomly uh the uh the czech republic has become a big hotspot for animation there's a lot of animators working out of of czech republic and so it's kind of fun um this one i just thought was so cute it's about this fox and this mouse who are enemies on earth and uh then they end up both dying and they go to animal heaven and they become friends in animal heaven and because <laughs> they've lost their hostility towards each other. And then they come back to earth and they, but they're in, but they swap roles of who they are. Right. And so then they, uh, they have to try to uh, regain their friendship uh, in these different roles and in, in these different uh, uh, bodies. And it was just really cute heartwarming sweet the animation is amazing and uh, so it's a i would say a true hidden gem someone uh someone when working on this movie must have seen all dogs go to heaven because this is such a similar title all dogs go to heaven even mice belong in heaven Mm -hmm. this is better than all dogs go to heaven though all dogs go to heaven is kind of weird to me (laughs) i mean i like it it's fine but i think this is even better and and more like specials for the animation uh this stop motion animation is so well done very 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 endearing so you're saying this is a czech republic yes yeah oh interesting Mm -hmm. yeah so uh, i was so excited because this i don't even think it got a theatrical release at all here uh so to see it on tubi i was like good people will watch it because i saw it at um at uh annecy film festival last year Uh, i got to they had a few movies or maybe it was um new york international children's film festival all the virtual festivals i went to last year kind of meshed together (laughs) i think it was actually new york but anyway it's it's a really cute little movie about friendship which i love movies about friendship so uh, so what do you have next? So my next choice is a documentary from the year 2000, and this is called Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows. This is 
a documentary about the the former pro wrestler Bret the Hitman Hart. Uh, there's a lot to unpack with this documentary because it involves quite a lot of stuff that's sort of inside baseball. So I'll just try and compartmentalize all of it. Basically, Bret the Hitman Hart, this documentary is about him in the last year of his career in the WWF from, say, late 1996 to late 1997. And in that time, you kind of capture him in very candid interviews with his dad, Stu Hart, who's who was a wrestler. Uh, Stu Hart uh, raised 12 children. Most of them and not all of them were involved in wrestling at certain points in their lives or married wrestlers in the case of the daughters. Uh, Brett talks about how in 97, uh, the WWF who he was working for was getting a lot more adult oriented with like Steve Austin flipping people off, drinking beers on TV, you know, and it wasn't something he was entirely comfortable with. And just and his difficulties with Shawn Michaels and they and and they were having very, very, very bad problems backstage to the point where they actually got into a fight. And the documentary does not show the fight. I actually have not seen it in a while, so I don't believe they show the fight, but it's it's pretty bad to the point where after the fight, like directly afterwards, Hart yells at him, Don't F with me or my family, you little effer. So it's it, it, it gets pretty bad. And then yeah. the culmination of the movie is what it's called as the Montreal screw job. And that's a whole nother story for a whole nother time. But you don't have to be a wrestling fan to really, really dig into this one. It, it, it helps to know of certain events and I'm burdened with knowledge in certain things. So I know what all things do happen there. But it's one of those things where it's very candid. It's very upfront. It sticks with Brett a lot. Like you see his family, you see his wife and his kids, you see his conversations with Vince McMahon, you see his relationships with other wrestlers. It's very focused on him. And that was a good choice just to keep the fulcrum point on him and just seeing it through his eyes. And like I said, it's it's definitely one that I, despite certain things and not knowing of certain things, and context being an issue there outside i think it's a very well-made documentary cool good i'll take your word on that one <laughs> that's good all right my next pick is again a left hard left um this is an animated film an anime film called in this corner of the world it's directed by suno katabachi and we actually have covered this on obscure animation um, me and Stanford and uh, I actually got to interview the director for Rotoscopers way back in 2016 when it came out it was one of my first early interviews with for animation uh, and this movie is not for everybody some people will think it's it's boring uh, it's about this woman who gets uh, put into a uh, an arranged marriage in 1943 Hiroshima and uh, it spends a lot of time with her daily life. Uh, so like there's this whole sequence of her learning how to make rice in this specific way. And they go through every single step and you like puff up the rice so that it feeds, you know, more people and expands. It's like this kind of rice krispies almost sort of thing anyway. And 
uh, and just things like that, that it goes through all the sort of these process of things in her life. And uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was very moving. Uh, the And of course we get the, uh, when the bomb goes off and what happens and uh, seeing the trajectory of her relationship with her husband and, uh, and how that uh, plays out. Cause she's a strong-willed person, but she's in this arranged marriage and, and uh, what's going on there, her relationship with her in-laws, uh, all of that. Uh, there's parts that are pretty devastating in this movie, uh, but I think it's it all comes together and it's very moving and worth it. Uh, and the animation is really beautiful. It has a uh, watercolor kind of aesthetic to it that not all anime has. Uh, and it's a moving story uh, about this woman. So I, I definitely recommend it, but like I said, if you're not somebody who, if you're somebody who really needs like a lot of plot, this doesn't have a lot of plot, but I still think it's, it's, it's a good movie. Yeah. When I was just looking this up, I was thinking to myself, does the bomb come into the picture at any point? Because you can't have a movie about Hiroshima during this time period without bringing that up at a certain point. And sure enough, you said that it did. And I mean, I mean, that's yeah. that that whole kind of triggers my flight or fight fight or flight because I've seen Grave of the Fireflies and who that movie will that movie yeah. will, that movie will mess you up. Yeah, and I mean that movie is more consistently dark from you know sort of frame one all the way to the end, whereas mm -hmm. this it more builds up to that and it has. So it's not quite as brutal, but it definitely has some tough stuff for sure. But uh, but I, I I thought it was really good. So and I think it's again a great example of hidden gem. <laughs> and you should check out if you do ever watch it. Check out our obscure animation episode on it. I think it was was a good one. So what do you have next? So my next choice, and this is definitely on the razor's edge of hidden because it's from director paul thomas anderson but it's a movie that it's one of those movies when i first watched it i was sitting there thinking oh come on there is no way this is going to be good considering the subject matter and i was captivated by it and it's boogie nights uh, this was released in 97 directed by paul thomas anderson stars mark Wahlberg, burt reynolds john c Riley. And I believe Julianne Moore, if my memory serves mm -hmm. me right. And it's about a young man played by Mark Wahlberg, who is recruited by a porn director played by Burt Reynolds. And the two basically make porn together in the late 70s, early 80s. And they do a lot of good work together. And like I said, when I... I I watched all the movies that I could in nine from 1997 and that was one of them. And when I came across it, I was like, Oh yeah, I've heard about this one and I didn't know what to think of it. And it was actually really, really good. I love the soundtrack. I mean, it's those, the movie literally starts off with one of my favorite opening sequences of all time soundtrack to best of my love by the emotions. And just that one shot of it starting with, the title of Boogie Nights and then circling around to when Burt Reynolds and Julianne Moore enter the club and you just see everyone doing, you know, the disco thing and all that. It's it's so well done to the point where Burt Reynolds and Mark Wahlberg make eye contact for the first time 
it's some really top quality stuff. I mean, it's Paul Thomas Anderson, so of course, but it it was really my entrance into PTA's filmography. And really, this this is definitely a bit of a tough sell because it is about it is about people making porn. However, it's kind of it's it's kind of like Rocky in that the boxing is used to tell a much bigger story. The porn stuff is used to tell a much bigger story in Boogie Nights. It's actually quite nuanced and it's downright dark in certain points, especially when they get to the drugs, but I won't spoil that. But anyway, if you have not seen Boogie Nights or haven't seen Boogie Nights in a while, I can recommend it enough. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Uh, but I've heard, you know, really good things. So that's interesting to hear your thoughts. Uh, well, my next thought, my neck, well, sorry. Well, my next choice is a movie uh, that I think was very underrated, underappreciated from 2018 that I saw at Sundance in 2018. It's called Blind Spotting. And definitely they went on to make a whole TV show about this movie based on this movie. I haven't seen the TV show. Uh, but I, I just think this deserved to be in like the Oscar discussions that year. And it, it wasn't at all. Uh, but this stars David Diggs and Raphael Casal as two you know, childhood friends who uh, have uh, have grown up. And he is got three more days of probation left and then he'll be done. And he's really looking forward to it. But his friend, this friend, Miles, is uh, is just kind of a crazy person like he is so intense and Rafael Casal like he just goes for it in this role and so I guess it'll either sort of work for you or, or it might seem over the top for some people but he is very intense and uh he is pushing 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 Davi Diggs his his character and uh, and they they basically play like movers um and so then what happens while he they're out uh, they witness a uh, police shooting and uh, they uh, are trying to figure out kind of what to do about that and how to handle it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a really, really well-made movie with very good performances uh, and, uh, and, you know, has something to say, but, but I, but I think uh, in an, in a pretty nuanced way, um, I mean, Ravel Casal's performance isn't nuanced. He's like crazy, but in a like believable, like this person exists in the world <laughs> kind of way. Uh, so I, I thought it was very well done. Yeah. It unfortunately exists in the world. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I've and, heard nothing but good things about this one. And it, it kind of, in my area, it was just, it came and it went, it didn't mm -hmm. last that long. So I was not able to see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what is your next pick? So my next choice, here's another hard left. This is a <laughs> comedy special it's from 2007, and it is Blue Collar Comedy Tour, One for the Road. And in the early to mid-2000s, the Blue Collar Comedy Group of Bill Ingvall, Jeff Foxworthy, Larry the Cable Guy, and Ron White, they made three movies together that were ostensibly just comedy specials, but they were released in theaters. And this was their last one, the last of the trilogy. It was just the first one, the movie. Uh, the second one, I believe, is called Another Round. I, I'm not entirely sure, but 
or rides again it was called blue collar economy tour rides again and then this one is called one for the road and i don't know which one of them is my favorite but this definitely has some of my favorite bits of theirs especially bill lingwell talking about the uh about these shoes i can't remember what they're like the astro glide or something and he was just ranting about how silly a concept that was and really the the best stuff is when all four of them are together they do their favorite jokes like i believe there was there was this one that's pretty messed up where jeff foxworthy is like this guy is told that he's got 24 hours to live and so he goes home and he tells his wife and he's like i want to make love to you as many times as possible and so they do it again and again and again and then he's like can we do it one last time and she's like well, that's easy for you to say. You don't have to get up in the morning. <laughs> like, wow, <laughs> that's that's some dark stuff. And then yeah. to wrap it all up, they um to wrap it all up, their wives collected old photos of them from like their childhood and teenage years, and they just completely roast them. And it, oh, it, that's funny. The funniest one is that Jeff Foxworthy was in this movie called. Uh, I believe it was called Geppetto. I'm not sure, but it was an infamously really bad movie. And they showed a picture from that and everybody just went crazy because like, like everybody just were laughing their heads off. It's funnier than how, <laughs> than how I could do it. But one of the first photos is Ron White and he's got this shirt and he's got it tied, tied up in a knot on the side. <laughs> kind of like, like he's like a beach chick or something. Right. And and they're just like, is that shirt tied in a knot? <laughs> and they just roast him for that. And he's like, yeah, that was taken in front of my in front of my apartment complex, the Bridgeview Apartments. And there was no bridge and there was no view. <laughs> and then Larry the Cable's like, Gable guy's like, oh, there's a view. There's a view. <laughs> so, yeah, it's your mileage is going to vary on how much you can tolerate Larry the Cable guy. But I, I've said in the past, keep him away from the Cars movies. He's actually kind of funny and a nice guy in real life. So I give this one a recommendation. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good. All right. My next pick is a movie, another movie from 2018 that I thought was very underrated and underappreciated. This is based on a Nick Hornby novel, which I love Nick Hornby's writing. It's called Juliet Naked. And I, I think maybe that title sort of threw people off because they think, oh, this is a really like scandalous movie or whatever. It's really not. I mean, there's there's like one scene uh, of like sensuality, but it's pretty tame. Uh, it's It does have some language, but the main reason that it is called Juliet Naked is because that's the name of the album that uh, this rock star played with Ethan Hawke, that his big famous album was called Juliet Naked. So it's not really anything to do with story. So I wish they'd given a different title. But basically, Ethan Hawke plays this uh, this rock star, kind of like, maybe not as big as Bono, but somebody kind of like Morrissey, somebody kind of like that. that that's, It's got like a following. Uh, but he stopped making music uh, and uh, for for years. But there's like this group, this hive that basically follows everything he's doing, hoping for new music. And uh, one of the leaders of this group that's he like hosts the chat room and the website and everything like that. It's played by Charlie O'Dowd. And he has this girlfriend that uh, that this partner played by Rose Byrne, who they haven't gotten married, but they've been together for like 14 years. So basically like a common law marriage. And uh, she thinks that 
she doesn't really like need family, needs, uh, need more commitment. And, uh, she kind of puts up with him and I, eventually she is, uh, eventually she is kind of looking online and she stumbles upon, uh, this pops, this star, Ethan Hawke starts writing in a chat room kind of thing, uh, and starts talking to him and basically like saying, I don't think you're that great. I don't think your albums are that great. And they start talking and then also, so then the Charlie O'Dowd character, they end up uh, in Rose Brennan breaking up. And, uh, and so what I think is so amazing about this movie is that the Charlie O'Dowd character could be like super unlikable because of what he does to Rose Byrne and, uh, and just how like obsessed he is. But like, there's a real humanity to his performance and all three of these main characters are so well-written and uh, you really understand each of their perspectives. And there's a moment where uh, Charlie O'Dowd's character tells Ethan Hawke uh, that it doesn't really matter to me whether you like your own music, if it matters to you, it made a difference in my life. And he has this speech and and considering what that character's done in the movie, the fact that that has such a payoff uh, to me shows like what a well-written character his character is and, and well-performed as well. But I, I just love all three of these characters. I think it's really interesting, well-written, uh, well-done, and uh, has something to say about fandom and obsession and on, you know, our online worlds that we create that are so important to us and uh, how art affects us, how music affects us. All those things. Also, she really kind of has mixed feelings of, about the fact that she never had children. Uh, so there's something to say about that, about women who, uh, and are how we make our choices as women. Uh, and all of that is there. Plus, it's a you know has some romance. I just think it's a really, really, really good movie, and uh, deserves more love than it got. Ethan Hawke's in that one, right? Did yes. You bring that up? Yeah, he's the so he's the uh the the rock star. Oh yeah, right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That she starts chatting with and uh and he can't and Charlie O'Dowd cannot believe that Ethan Hawke is friends with with Rose Byrne. He's just like, what? Uh, so if you want a movie with really well written characters, uh with something to say, that's it. I just think it's a it's a really good movie. So, and they're really, even though it's called Too Late and Naked, there's no nudity. Oh, really? There's one scene of sensuality, but not like nudity. So don't worry. <laughs> but uh, but what about you? What do you have next? So my last choice is a, uh, is a throwback to a show that really kind of sort of introduced me to horror, I'm going to say. Uh, it's from my boomerang days because this movie aired didn't movie but this show aired non-stop on that and cartoon network it's the og scooby-doo where are you and this is again it's tech it, i guess it's technically not hidden because it launched like scooby-doo and stuff is still being made scooby-doo related today i mean we just got a scoob movie two years ago so not exactly entirely hidden but the og series i think still doesn't get the love I don't think it truly deserves because it is so much fun. And like it, it's one of those shows that I could watch any episode of, and even though I knew exactly what was going to happen, 
I'm still invested in it. I just love the, I love Hannah and Barbera's creativity on this one. I love the costume designs, which some of them kept me up at night, not going to lie. I love how each character, Fred, Fred, Daphne, Thelma, Shaggy, Scooby, they all had unique personalities and none of them really clashed with each other. It just, like, you, I was just sitting there like, how can a dog eat all of that food without getting like a stomach ache? But you just never questioned it. It was just, it was just really fun. And the mysteries were, the mysteries were a lot of fun as well. So yeah, it's, there would be, there would be Scooby-Doo stuff down the road that I think is just as good. I, there were a couple made-for-TV ones called Into Cyberspace and and Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, which I remember really liking. But the OG series is where it's at. Yeah, believe it or not, I have never seen an episode of Scooby-Doo in my the life. Next, the next time we do a <laughs> Make You Watch Us, yeah. that's one of them. <laughs> I've seen the movie Scoob, which I did not care for. It's better uh, than Scoob. I promise you it is better than Scoob. <laughs> uh, but that's it. That's the only thing. This is one of my big blind sides for uh, animation is I have seen. I haven't seen that much Hanna-Barbera in general, uh, but uh, but I have not seen any Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, my last pick is a Christmas movie. It's called Christmas at the Ranch. And this is an LGBTQ love story um, about two women, kind of cowboys types that the it's, it, it's a very classic story. It's your girl from the city who comes back to the home, to the country and falls in love with the, the hometown hunk in this case. Um, in this case is a cowgirl. And uh it's it it's i i don't mind that it uses a lot of these tropes because i think it does it very well and like it's sort of fresh enough uh for being these two characters and i think that amanda rigetti and laura allen have really nice chemistry and uh, she's trying to save the farm save the ranch from closure which again could be kind of tired save the whatever story but it works for me in this one because everybody has such good chemistry and Lindsay Wagner plays her mom and she's always reliable. She's, she's good at what she does. The rest of the cast is good. I interviewed the director of this last year. Uh, her name is Kristen Baker and she, they are just making her and Tello films, which she founded are making such joyful, positive uh, LPQ films. So if you don't want one, like compared this one, I thought was so much better than uh, the happiest season which was pretty negative. I thought like I still overall thought it was okay. It had its moments, but, um, but I, I think this is better. This is just more positive and um, uh, joyful. And I guess there's room for everything, but I, I just really admire what she's doing and the movies that she's making. She has one this year called marrying gay, which is also really fun. <laughs> it has a lot of the same people. So if you're interested in uh, that kind of uh, those kinds of stories, then this is, I think, a very well done one and you can watch it on Tubi. Yeah, I was going to say Save the Farm. I remember from the All the Rest preview, <laughs> that's like your actual favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it is kind of a, a, a tiresome uh, trope, but anything can be done well. And I would say this one, it is done pretty well. 
So yeah, there we go. We did it. Awesome. (laughs) Yes. So let us know what you think. If you've seen any of these, I would love to hear your thoughts and, uh, and please, if you're uh, listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. And you can see all of our hidden gems videos in the playlist. Uh, and Ryan, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RyanCam20. There's, of course, my YouTube channel, which is just called Ryan Cam. Like I said, I'm going to be starting, I have started the preparations for Chris Mania, and that's going to be starting Thursday, December 1st. I'm so looking forward to doing that. Uh, the first couple of ones are going to be, the first one's going to be Remember the Night, which I watched for the first time. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then the shop around the corner starring mm-hmm. James Stewart, and then Meet Me in St. Louis, like I just talked about. That's the those are the first three, three classics. Great. Yeah, it's I'm going in a rough chronological order. So, Eight Bit Christmas is going to be the end, and uh, and and Remember the Night is going to be the beginning. So, starting in like the mid early to mid forties and ending in about a year ago. So cool. Good. Uh, well, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Ron Tomatoes. Check that out. Uh, also, just a reminder that my Facebook is all messed up right now. So don't look for me there. <laughs> and uh, please uh, and please check out the patron group and merch store. We would so appreciate it. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy the patron group and uh, we've got hashtag animation junkie shirts at the merch store as well as tons of festive designs. Also make sure you check out the Hallmark Keys podcast. We've got lots of great content going on up there. So thanks so much, everybody. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.